Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am J.P. Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great. Why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing fantastic. I know we're all sweaty, because y'all that know me and Rob, one thing we do before this podcast, we are all about fitness. We yeah. work out. We love hitting the gym, yeah. doing our crunches, um, and we've actually been working on it so much, I now have a one-pack. Oh, wow. Rob also has a one-pack. I have a barrel. And you put actually. us together, and oh, you get a two-pack. Two pack. Oh! And that's who oh, we're talking about man. today, everybody. You know what? If I'd known where you were going though, that, with that, I would have punched you in the face. That's right. It as, never would have happened. As if I didn't do great with my biblical reference wow. last week. I thought I'd bring man. it in strong with the... Uh, Two two pack. two two pack two pack two pack that's the that's kind of the widest thing you can do is is call him two call pack. him two pack yeah two, two pack, pack shacker two, two pack shacker <laughs> man okay real talk though I'm super excited about this me song. too me and Robert Superhood y'all don't know that about <laughs> us like we're straight up gangsta life oh man that's right we were about that life we in the mid nineties it chose us it was it did it chose us we both walked around with do rags. <laughs> And you know what I mean? And just like the 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 wife beater t shirt. Sure. You know, with some like, I don't know, Jenkos. No, Jenkos doesn't sound right. That my, doesn't my sound fr- right. Not so at Doc all. Martin's Timberlands. Be. I don't know. My uh, my first line was always, What colors you claiming? Yeah. <laughs> That's how I led. That's true. That's how we met. That's I it. remember I was like, that. Hey, Rob, what colors we you were, claiming? We were claiming the same colors, and, and we were just and like, Rob threw up a sign, and it was, we were brothers. Yeah. Right? It just from happened. there on, man. We mixed our blood together. It, it was, was great. So funny. I do have a, I, okay, I got I didn't plan to go this, but you started talking about this, and it just triggered something, which happens. Yeah. I'm from a town called Athens, and I kid you not, Joel Patterson, I hope you're listening to this. We had, there was a gang in Athens called Small Town Thugs, oh, STT, wow. and they took coat hangers and put, like, branded STT in their arms. With coat hangers? Coat hangers. Joel, hope you're doing great, buddy. Very hygienic. Well, STT. Small, Small Town, town thugs. thugs. Very yeah. hygienic. Well, <laughs> we're going a little bit bigger scale with this one. This one? Ooh. Oh, it infected you me. You started talking about small town thugs there in Athens, go. and it infected me. This one. We're going bigger scale with this one. There you this go. real one right here. <laughs> this is one of the greatest, biggest rap singles of all time. One of the biggest collaborations ever. It was earth-shattering. In, in the moment in which this existed, it was almost unthinkable that it could even happen. Yeah. Uh, and so when it did, it set the world on fire. And it's literally... It's still ablaze. Still, still ablaze. The fire is still burning from this song. Uh, Billy Joel, this is what did it. Ah, oh, this. this started it. Yeah, this started it. Uh, I don't know how it was always burning since the world's been turning, but it started because of this song. That's right. So let's just get, let's just set it on fire. You might need to, you might need to get your fire extinguisher ready, get your, <laughs> practice your safety That's precautions because right. it is about to be straight fire. <laughs> let's take a listen. Stop, drop, and roll, everybody. Stop, stop, drop, and roll. It's California Love <laughs> by Tupac and Dr. Dre featuring. Roger Troutman. California. I love this song so much. So good. Watts. In the city, city of 
welcome everybody to the wild, wild west. A state that's untouchable like Elliot Ness. The track hits your eardrum like a slug to your chest. Like a vest for your Jimmy in the city of sex. We in that sunshine state where the bomb ass him be. The state where you never find a dance floor empty and pimps be. On a mission for them greens. Lean, mean, money making machines, serving fiends. I've been in the game for 10 years making rap tunes. Since honeys was wearing Sassoon, now it's 95 and they clock me and watch me diamond shining, looking like a Rob Liberace. It's all good, from Diego to the Bay. Your city is the bomb if your city making pay. Oh, throw up a finger if you feel the same way. Straight putting it down for California, yeah. And we're in. Wow. It has been set off. It has been. I hope you. I hope everybody's okay after that because it it got set off. That's right. I don't know. Every it all all of it got set off by that. Uh, California love by Tupac, who we actually didn't hear yet. We are two different guys. Absolutely. Neither one of them Tupac uh, by Tupac featuring Dr. Dre and Roger Troutman from the 1996 album All Eyes on Me. That's eyes with a Z. Uh, all eyes on me. Written by Tupac Shakur and of course. James Anderson? Uh, More on that later. It came in at number one on the Billboard Hot 100, the Hot R&B Hip Hop Singles Chart, and Hot Rap Singles. We talked about this before, but when something when some, when a hip hop song goes number one on the Hot 100, that's huge, right? It was number it was number thirty four on the Billboard Mainstream Top Forty. Like that's huge for a rap track, especially then. That's the top 40. Like Casey Kasem had to say, <laughs> coming in at number 34 again this week, it's your boy Tupac and his ride or die homie Dre with California Love. Casey Kasem, hey. thank you for stopping by. Wow. We hey. appreciate it. Always like it when we have special guests Absolutely. pop in. Absolutely. Thanks, Casey. Was good. Grow it up now. <laughs> I can't see you. I've been dead for 15 years. <laughs> That's right. You remember right. when he was on that Saved by the Bell episode? Oh, wow. I do now. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Voice of, uh, voice of Shaggy yeah. um, from Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And uh, I think when Shaggy, when it was Batman, when the Batman and Robin cartoons from the 70s, he was also the voice of Robin. There's Holy nothing cow, more, Batman. <laughs> there's nothing more West Coast than yeah. Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem, dude, throwing it down for California, you know. Um, this is number 355 on the Rolling Stone 500 Greatest Songs list. That's that's how big this song is. Uh, it's between, to put it in perspective, this rests on the Rolling Stone Greatest Songs of All Time list between number 356, Candle in the Wind, okay. and number 354, La Bamba. Okay? Boom. So, big song. Uh, once I said La Bamba out loud, it felt like kind of a letdown. But <laughs> the build up to La Bamba, Candle in the Wind. Yeah, Come on, it's there. right there with Candle in the Wind. Re- just remember <laughs> that, okay? Um, it, nothing is more West Coast than Candle in the Wind, absolutely either, for sure. <laughs> uh, it is not, number ninety-seven on Billboard's Hot One Hundred list for the nineteen nineties uh, for that for that entire decade, but it does not appear on the Billboard All Time Six Hundred, which I got some information on. I'm not going to talk about it yet because I haven't got to fully dive into the research. But I reached out to Billboard. Oh, yes. And they reached back out to me. And I now have some information on the Billboard all time 600 list. That list I can't that we wait bring to share it. All the time that we're like, I can't why? Wait. I, got, I, got, I got two good responses from Billboard executives. Like, actually reached back out to me and, and gave me some help figuring out the Billboard all time 600. Because so, y'all know we got those connections. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll share that when, <laughs> when I have some time to get to it. But I'm real excited just to be able to know now what we're talking about when we're talking about that list. Um, it was this uh, song was nominated for a 1996 Grammy for the best rap solo performance, which it lost to Gangsta's Paradise, and in 1997 for best rap performance by a duo or, duo or group, which it lost to 
You want to guess? 1997, like 10th grade. Huge song. Casey and JoJo? No, but we're going to come up with a Casey and JoJo reference in just a second. Uh, best rap performance by a duo or group. That was oh, probably, rap, probably rap, R&B. Uh, yeah. uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony? Yes. The, the Crossroads. Crossroads. Oh, yes. man. That's Give it up right. for Wally. Wow. How about you? Yeah, I miss my Uncle Charles, <laughs> yeah, y'all. Me too. Goodness. I miss my Uncle Charles. Dang it. Uh, in 1997, Tupac was actually nominated twice in that same category, both for California Love and for its twin A-side, How Do You Want It, featuring Casey and JoJo. So, oh, okay. Well, but uh, came up came up short in yeah. both of those, uh, losing to the Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony. So uh, yeah, uh, I want to say before we go further, this is my opinion. Okay, so but this is me, I, and you can agree or disagree, and just let me know. Um, in my opinion, there is only one version of this song. The okay? one you hear are um, the non six minute that is version. The, no, no, no. The the there are so there are. There are technically two mixes of this song that people know and mm-hmm. listen to, right? But truly to me, there is only one. This version that we just listened to, yeah. which is technically the remix. But it's the, it's the one, if, for me, if your version ain't doing the bump, 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 then that ain't it. Okay, that's not the right <laughs> version. That's the version from the Mad Max video. It's the version that I believe is on the Tupac Greatest Hits album. Nothing against the other version. It just doesn't compare to the hotness of this of this remix. Maybe for a chill house party vibe. The other one is a lot more like um, it's got some shaker and it's got a, just a different groove, but it does not hit like this one does. I can play, <laughs> play a little bit of it. Play the difference so yeah. that the people can make their own. Like, that's cool, but I feel like we've heard that before. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, that sounds a lot more like some of the earlier Dre stuff that we've heard. You know what I mean? It sounds more like typical sort of gangster rap of the time. You know what I mean? Uh, and should we, am I, do, do we just sound like doofuses to use the term gangster rap? It's okay. It's cool. Is that okay? I feel like it's a well-established term, but I st- it feels wrong coming out of my mouth. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? That gangster rap, you know? <laughs> but anyway, but it sounds a lot more like a, your, your, you know, the let me ride, nothing but a G thing, you know, with a little heavier groove. Um, uh, even sort of like a, it's that, it's the, well, we're going to talk about G-Funk as, an, as a genre a little bit later, as a sub, sub-genre, a little G-Funk. But uh, that's kind of what that, that's sort of more of a G-Funk mix, you know what I mean? The, the remix is just, oh, it just hits so hard to this day, to this day. Um, so for me, that's that's the version of this song is is the remix version. Um, let's talk a little bit about the song and the album. I've got so much. This is one of those. There's this so could be much. lengthy. We got pages. Yeah, this could easily be an Excel episode. I had to stop researching. I had to just cut myself off and not learn some things that I wanted to learn <laughs> because I just had to move on. Um, this was Tupac's first single after being released from prison in 1995. Um, as I understand it, the it, this, it's a little convoluted, but as I understand it, the original non-remix version wasn't originally available. Uh, it was being held for release on Dre's original follow-up to The Chronic, uh, which was his first album in 1992, um, which... Ended up not happening. They shelved it until later, like 2001, nine years after the original Chronic album. Which, by the way, how did Dre go nine years without releasing an album and yet so remain so relevant? Oh, yeah, he's in like, the game. That was still. arguably his biggest period of relevance was between albums. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like he was cultural 
everywhere. I, I, yeah, he was all over the place. But I guess he was producing, doing guest spots or whatever. But there was nine years between the chronic and the follow-up. Uh, so the original version just sort of wasn't available. The version that we just played you, it wasn't out there for a while. Um, and apparently you could get it on the UK vinyl release or whatever. And then they included it later on the Greatest Hits album. But originally it was only the remix. Even though there were two videos, mm-hmm. like it was, you know what I'm saying? It yep. was out there. So really interesting. Um this has some great sampling. Oh, yeah. This song Absolutely. has some fantastic sampling, um, the most prominent of which uh, is um, from a song called Woman to Woman by Joe Cocker. I didn't know that. I knew it was from something. We brought it up on a sample episode earlier, and you were like, holy cow, I didn't realize that. Oh, you know what? You're absolutely right. I can't right. remember which one it was when I showed you that, but yeah, it's a good, good call on this. So let's take a listen. This is Woman to Woman by Joe Cocker, and you're going to you're gonna hear it right away. And there we go. There it is. It's even got the horn line. It's going to kick it in a second. I mean, you could just loop that and go, That's it, you know? Man. Now let me welcome everybody to the wild. That was a terrible Dre. I don't do a very good Dre. <laughs> My only good Dre is to go, yeah. That's it. <laughs> They're out. They forgot about him anyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, uh, Another one is called uh, Intimate Connection by Clear. That is uh, not Clear, the the mid to late 90s Christian uh, Christian folk (laughs) band that did Follow the Narrow. But uh, that is, uh, this is Clear K-L-E-E-E-R. Don't leave out that third E. Uh, It's very important. Otherwise, who knows what band you're going to find out. That's right. But it's Clear, K-L-E-E-E-R. This is Intimate Connection. So there's some of your groove. Now I believe that is the groove mm. from the the um, original version, not the remix, right? That's your drum loop from that. Okay. Uh, then we've got uh, "Pop Lockin" by Ronnie Hudson. <laughs> I really enjoyed this one. This is actually called a uh, uh, West Coast Pop Lock by Ronnie Hudson. Excuse me, West Coast Pop Lock. Now wait a minute That's right, it's the hook Sounds weird, kind of major They're pop locking. Come on. Pop locking in Rolls Royce. That's right. That's the smiley version. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's one more. Uh, this is uh, from Zap and Roger, who we'll talk about in just a minute. Uh, this is from Dance Floor. And uh, this reasonably gets pulled back in by Roger Troutman, who was a member of Zap and Roger. We're going to get the shake it. Shake it, 
So there we go. There's a little uh, there's a little zap for you. Zap and Roger Troutman. That is the song Dance Floor. Um, so you can tell, like, it's a lot of piecemeal. And, of course, that's the way it, it was, especially in earlier hip-hop. Mm. And still is to some degree. But I feel like there's a lot more original beats bring, being produced now, uh, you know, less sampling. There's still... This whole album is like, if you look through like credits of the, it's like sampled from, sampled from, sampled oh, yeah. from the whole album. It's sure. just taking bits and pieces of a lot of different things. Yeah. Which I, I just love. I think we've Me talked too. about this before, but I love hearing a song and then going, realizing at some point you hear the song it was sampled from, you know, on the radio or something. You go, oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Like that was Steely Dan, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or whatever. Like Michael I just, McDonald. Oh yeah, my God. Yeah. It's so cool. You know, I just, I just love it. And then it makes you love both songs more. Yeah. It makes you love the creativity of, of both of them, uh-huh. you know, being brought together like that. Uh, you got anything else on the song that you want to mention? Uh, we were touching a little bit on the album. I do want to talk a little bit about the album. Um, all eyes on me. That was his fourth studio album and it was the last to be released while he was still alive. Um, and most of the songs on the album are about being watched mainly by the police. Um, that's kind of what it was released after Suge Knight, uh, bailed him out of jail. Did you read about that? And that was the way he was going to pay him back. Uh, was a three album contract and this was a double cover. So basically two is double side. So two of these albums counted. Um, I like I like this album a lot. I really like the title track "All Eyes on Me," and I like Two of America's Most Wanted" with yeah. Snoop Dogg. Yeah, the video is. Have you seen the video? It's, it's a, been a long time. It's a parody of Biggie and Puff Daddy, and it's oh. it's so well played. Yeah. It's a good little little jab there from Man. from our boy Tupac. Yeah, um, monster album. Like great album. Considered uh, one of the greatest in in hip hop history. It sold five million copies in two months. We haven't. Heard, holy cow! Yeah, right. Gracious, I'm now it's up over. That. Now it's up over ten times platinum. But like five copies in two months. We haven't even touched on the Tupac part. The we haven't no. even got there yet. He wrote. I, I read that he wrote this part in fifteen minutes. He that, wrote his rap in fifteen. Yeah, minutes. Apparently, it was just like almost as fast as you yeah, hear it. He wrote it. Let's listen to his verse. Out of bail, fresh out of jail, California dreaming. Soon as I step on the scene, I'm hearing hoochie screaming, fiending for money and alcohol, the life of a West Side player with Calista and it's wrong. Rhyming, <laughs> so much rhyming all the way through. Everybody who's listening, that's how white people judge rap. Oh, so good! <laughs> it's so much rhyming. The rhyming is amazing. Oh man, there was just there were so many rhymes. <laughs> I loved. I just really appreciate how all the words sound sound similar. Yeah, the, the similarity. There's so much rhyming. So educational on the cities. <laughs> that's right. Did you know there's a place called Compton, and apparently they keep it rocking all the way from Long Beach to. Rose crayons. <laughs> wow. That's a long way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, man. Um, so yeah, the, the Tupac is, there's so much to talk about with Tupac. We're not going to get it all. We're going to miss important things, but, um, should we meet the band? Yeah. Let's meet the band. Let's meet the band. Okay. Let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all 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 meet
band and band is kind of relative so we're just gonna meet some people uh tupac amaru shakur yeah. born lasane parish crooks yeah uh june 16th another june birthday uh first album tupacalypse now i think yep. that's a great name for i think it's, you a, think it's, it's cheesy good. no I it's good it. it's fine um Actor in tons of movies, not just a, a rap icon. Yeah. Actor in Juice, Poetic Justice, Gridlock, Gang Related. Yep. But my favorite role I knew it. has got to be Birdie yeah. and Above, the, above rim. the Rim. Oh, man, so good. So good. Uh, and I'm sure we'll venture off on that some point in our talking uh, tangents. Yeah. Album is probably my favorite, though, is actually Me Against the World. It's his third album. It's got Dear Mama on it. Love yeah. Dear Mama. Favorite singles by Tupac. I mean, we could, obviously, this is going to be up there, but... Got to talk about changes. Changes, yeah. We're big Bruce guys. I, we are, but I always I didn't like it. Really, I, no, oh, I it, love it. It made me I see ang- no changes. No, it made me angry. Oh, I see. Oh, come on, it's good, yeah. man. I like the, it. The, I I felt like the 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 um at that at that time I wasn't as down with like not just sampling but sort of re-recording and uh, then changing, changing the, you some, know what I mean? Yeah. I, ironically, right? Changing some of the changes. lyrics to it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't uh, know. I wasn't feeling it. Ghetto Gospel, huge fan of that one. Uh, I don't know that know, one. It's Elton John, him and Elton John. Really? It's, yeah, it's from his uh, it's from Loyal to the Game. It's his fifth posthumous album. Okay. A lot of stuff after he's passed. Tons. I mean, he he didn't stop stop cashing in um after that. I also didn't realize um he was living with Kadada Jones, Quincy Jones's eldest daughter when he got shot. Oh. Did not know that um i do want to talk a little bit about that day september yeah. 7th 1996 i don't know what you have on there but it was after the mike tyson bruce selden fight okay so yeah. i actually went back and i looked up that fight um just because i wasn't super versed on it it was one of the shortest heavyweight fights ever hmm. as tyson knocked him out in a minute 49 whoops and it was supposed to be i didn't know all this it's supposed to be tyson versus foreman but which would have been wow. monstrosity. But Foreman got stripped of his belt for not fighting earlier. Like oh, he didn't wow. want to fight. He didn't defend soon didn't enough. Want to, didn't defend soon enough. So they took his belt. And so this Selden guy worked up. This was the last time Tyson was heavyweight champion. Oh, wow. This fight. And then right before uh, Tupac got shot. And some thought the fight was fixed. Um, and Selden took a dive, mm. um, but I, I read some interviews. I went off on this Bruce Selden guy, and he's like, "You think I would train for you know twelve weeks really hard, yeah. like, and then throw a fight? Like, no way." He's would like, you? Uh, if would I, you let Mike Tyson punch you in the face for two minutes and train for twelve weeks, or not? Would you let Mike I'm Tyson thinking, concuss you uh, I don't for know. that kind of payday? I don't think so. No, I, I don't know. How about you? Would you take a? I would maybe like to get in the ring and run around. I think I'd condition <laughs> just to see how far I could stay away. You'd be chasing the chickens like oh, Rocky III. Yeah, I'd be, right, I'd, be yeah. I'd be in the best shape of my life. Uh-huh. I'd be like, babe, I'm going to get hurt, yeah. but I'm going to run yeah. for as long as I can. And I'm about to get paid for this fight. I'm about to get like, paid. I'm about to get I'm gonna look ugly. life-changing money for us. That's right. You know? That's right. I'm going to look ugly, but your cats are going to live a glorious life. <laughs> it's gonna, I'm going to be messed up. Yeah, so uh, my dad, he used to he box a little bit, not much. But he said there is nothing more tiring if you've never trained a box oh, than a like a three minute round. He's like by minute two after you've been swinging, yeah. And get, he's like you're done, mm. you're gassed. Yeah. So anyway, look him up. He's got a. You can look up his his semi pro record. Look for Jelton Pivas Senior. Yeah, that's right. He's zero and one. No. <laughs> um, then because yeah, so in, after Tyson, after this, he then lost in eleven rounds to Holyfield. Okay. Then yeah. disqualified in the rematch. Holyfield. Everybody yeah. remembers that. Then he lost his third chance to get back. To Lennox, Lennox Lewis. So, that, like, that was the peak. Wow. This was Tyson at his peak. His, his last greatness. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, and then, uh, I don't know if we're going to talk about the the 
shooting and all that. I've if, got a little bit on it. Let me you just can touch on it. There. If you don't it's a mind. Good time. Yeah. Okay. So I don't claim to be an expert on this, and I'm sure I'm missing details and important things. But the long and the short of, of Tupac's death, as I understand it, was this: uh, he was attacked in 1994. It was the day before his trial verdict. Um, and this is not his death. This is previous. Okay. So this is 94. The day before his trial verdict, uh, he was robbed and shot several times. Uh, he implicated Biggie and believed that Sean Combs, AKA Puffy Daddy, Diddy, Dad, Puff Puff. Uh, <laughs> he, also known as. Yeah. 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 Um, he said that the robbery itself was just a setup to make his attack look random. Mm-hmm. Um, but that Diddy had ordered a hit on him because of his friendship gone sour with Biggie mm-hmm. and their sort of rivalry uh, then with with Bad Boy Records, which was which was uh, Diddy's label. Um, so come back around later in 1996, as we're talking about now. Uh, Pac is in Vegas with Suge Knight, who is the infamous head of uh, Death Row Records, um, and they get caught up in a drive-by shooting. Pac doesn't recover. Um, the prevailing belief is that the gunman himself was a guy named Orlando Anderson, who was a gang member with whom Tupac had given something of a beating earlier that day. Um, and, uh, many reports also indicate the involvement of Biggie and several others. Biggie has forever denied any involvement, but any alibis that he's produced have been sort of unreliable or like shaky at best. He's like, uh, you know, I was in the studio recording, but they've talked to the guy who was like the producer for the day. And he's like, no, that doesn't sound right. He, you know, it couldn't have been the day that Tupac died that he was here. Cause we would have heard about it. You know what I mean? We would have been talking about it. And he, and he always recorded at, Night, he didn't record during the daytime, blah, 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 blah. So it, uh, it seems kind of shaky. So the implications seem to be, general thoughts seem to be, yes, Notorious B.I.G. was involved. And he later is shot down in, in a, in a uh, drive-by as well. It was a whole mess. I mean, it really was. Like, I'm in middle school at the time, and it was, like, devastating. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. You got, for, the, for two different communities, Either, yeah. you've got Kurt Cobain on one side yeah. and Tupac on the other, yeah. you know what I'm saying, feeling the same sort of loss. Like, yeah. this was the, the voice, the poet of a generation mm-hmm. for certain groups of people. So, like, it was devastating. Yeah, this it's is huge. mine and Rob's, like, this is our heyday. Like, yeah. this is what we're going through. Yeah, you're being formed by music at this point, uh-huh. you know what I mean, in a lot of ways. So, to, to uh, have that kind of loss was really, really, really uh, impactful to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, it really was. And still, you know, you go... People still wear shirts. Yeah, I was going to say, any town in America, you can find some Tupac graffiti, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, that still says, like, only God can judge me, and it's got yeah. Tupac, like, folded hands or whatever, yeah. hands behind his back. There's, like, statues of him, literally, you know, at art centers where, you know... So. Which is, by the way, that's my walk-in music. Like, if I walk into a room... Really? And I'm trying to dominate a room, yeah. it's like, only God can judge me now. Okay, not, okay. Not, not, not really. All right. But that's good. That's good slow-motion walk-in music. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Doves Absolutely. flying behind you. And everything absolutely um dr dre andre romel young yeah um, how about that the world-class wrecking crew nwa nwa nothing but a j thing yeah baby baby nothing better than you think baby Step not, brother, not to be confused with baby baby oh, which yeah. is yeah a whole other thing another another world yeah stepbrother with warren g yeah how about that how about that um he's also on uh no diggity he's he's in the yeah the well, no that's diggity right. with yeah, black yeah, street sure. Um, also in movies, uh, set it off the wash training day. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we're ever going to do a Dre episode, so I don't, I didn't go too deep because I didn't know if we would ever maybe do uh, something in the future. So kept it, kept it kind of surface on him. Most of my favorite Dre stuff is, and you got to understand in the house I grew up in, 
I wasn't listening to Dre. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So it was like my friends had Dre, mm-hmm. and I would listen to Dre at their In the house. car between when you're going from someplace to someplace. Yeah, Dre's right. In. You'd hear something on the radio uh-huh. or whatever. And then at my friend's house, I'd be like, yo, can I listen to that Dre? <laughs> you know what I mean? It was yeah. like that was as close as I got to drugs was I could <laughs> listen to explicit music at a friend's yeah. house. You know, He <laughs> could see a picture of an album cover yeah. with Hedda. That yeah, had it on there. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, but most of my favorite Dre is collaborative. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I listened to The Chronic, you know, uh, and I and I knew the, the hits from that, Nothing But The G Thing, Let Me Ride, you know, that stuff. But, but most of my favorite uh, Dre stuff was his collaboration. This one, uh, Keep the Heads Ringing from, yeah. from Friday, Friday with Ice Cube, mm-hmm. um, Natural Born Killers, uh, that stuff. That's that's my favorite Dre stuff. That's awesome. Um, Roger Troutman. Um he is the guy that does the talk box part, if yeah. you will. Um, used a custom Electro Harmonics Golden Throat Mini Moog. Yeah. Um, this was a little bit on the, the, the gear that he used, the, this Mini Moog. That was the first synth to actually be called a classic. Oh, really? Which I think is neat. Yeah. Um, most notably used in Parliament tracks, uh, like Flashlight. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to a little bit of Flashlight sure. by Parliament. So this will be a good, like this is the introduction to the, to the Mini Moog. The Moog synths. Takes a second to get in. And, I mean, you hear this. We mentioned G-Funk earlier. This is G-Funk. You know what I'm saying? Like, G-Funk is basically the the, the foundation of the gangster rap subgenre. Um, but G, G-Funk is basically heavy hip-hop beats with funk influence, yeah. funk sampling, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Parliament, George Clinton, that stuff, Bootsy Collins, you know, big heavy bass lines, yeah. big synth stuff in them. That was the foundation. Synth of, bass. Of G-Funk. Yeah, synth yeah, bass. Synth bass that's, that's the foundation of, of G-Funk. So he used a, an iteration of the Golden Throat Mini Moog and the Yamaha DX100, which was the more modern version of this uh, to do the recording on it. Good old Roger Troutman. Yeah. He had a song go number two on the Hot Soul Singles chart. There we go. My that's, favorite. That's one of Rob's favorite charts. More Bounce to the Ounce. Yeah. Um, that's another good. This good is the band Zap. This Zap is, and Roger. I know Rob right. wanted to talk on them. So Yeah. And you'll hear on this his sort of, um, you know, the, same kind of vocal stylings you're hearing on California Love. That's funky. That's dude. good, man. That's funky. So, an original talk box user, Peter Frampton of uh, <laughs> That's right. Um, Funk cover of I Heard It to the Grapevine. He had yeah. a number one hit with, this is my favorite Roger Troutman moment, okay. other than uh, than California Love. It was I Want to Be Your Man. You know okay. that? No. This is, okay, this was a hit. Six part layered vocal harmonies through a vocoder. So oh, wow. six parts. Listen to the range on this. Six part harmony, um, which is insane. I, I, I know this song. I loved this song. Oh, slow jam. Oh, this is slow jam. Oh, man. This is good stuff. Bumping and grinding like a slow jam. I can't remember if it does the hook at the beginning or just in the chorus. 
That's solid, dude. I, I just lit a candle. Right. Yeah, that's good stuff. Dude, talk box, vocoder, so cool. Yeah. Basically, a vocoder is a talk box without the weird tubing, uh-huh. right? A vocoder is kind of you, a microphone thing that plugs straight into a keyboard, and it, it same effect, same same general thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, dude, I love, I'm a sucker for talk box stuff. I, I think most people are, right? It's just a cool sound. Yeah. As long as it doesn't get overused. Uh-huh. But that was like... Zap's thing, right? Oh, Troutman's yeah. thing was Talkbox. I don't think I could do. I did a mini show with. There's a guy named Mr. Talkbox. That's. I went to hear Tim Tebow speak, yeah. and oh, he yeah. opened for him. And he's kind of a big deal. But, uh, Byron Chambers, think, right? Yeah, Mr. Talkbox. Yeah. Good, good job. Um, so I enjoyed him in small doses, but I couldn't yeah. listen to a whole like hour set. It yeah. was a good 15 minute set. Perfect. Right. It's kind of a novelty thing, yeah. mm-hmm. and then yeah, it gets old. Well, let me play my favorite Roger Troutman moment. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. While we're Let's talking go. about favorites, mine is actually on California Love, but it's a, a specific um, spot. I'm going to skip ahead to uh, uh, minute four. Uh, I think around the 4:15 mark, where he basically just starts. Dribbling into the talk box, he literally starts going. <laughs> I love this so much. He's like, I'm kind of out of stuff to do, so I'm just going to start dribbling into the thing. Oh, I know what you're talking about. All right, okay. take a listen close. Here he goes. <laughs> Oh man! Good call, Roger. Inglewood always up to no good. Oh, also, I, I love that. That's good stuff. I like, he, go ahead. I'm always, I'm always a big fan of uh, in hip hop songs. Uh, I don't feel like this doesn't happen as much now, but like it used to be that at the end of a song, you just start shouting out cities. You would start shouting out producers, friends, uh, family members. Right. You know what I mean? I remember <laughs> listening to like Biz Marquee when I was a kid, and he would have like a, a two minute song, and then go on for three minutes About just shouting people the credits, out. At the end. Yeah. That's awesome. Fantastic. Miss Marquis, good reference. Molly um, Mall. I love me some Biz Marquis, dude. <laughs> Roger Troutman died in 99, shot in the torso. Did you see this story? By his brother. By his brother. Half a mile away, his brother committed suicide in the yeah. car. It's a drive, drive by and then, yeah. then killed himself. And then killed himself. Yeah. His brother, who was part of Larry. part of Zap, like they were, you know, life lifelong bandmates as well as being brothers. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there was some like. His brother, I think, had some sort of um, ill feelings about some money. It's always beef, money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's always money or, or relationships. Or ladies, yeah. Yeah. Um, keyboards. Sean Barney Thomas. Do you look anything up on this guy? A little bit. Go I like it. this guy on a Gospel Gangsta's album, Do or Die. Oh. I love that album. Wow. I, uh, that was one of my first. I had that and Gang Affiliated. I was okay. all about some gospel, gospel Gangsta's. Gospel I didn't gangsters. care. Um, he plays. He does the keyboard parts on Regulate by yeah. Warren G. Yeah. Oh, we love that song. Yes, we'll do we that do. episode. That's going to make it one day. That's yeah. going to happen. Uh, and, of course, uh, every 90s album collection has to include... The 1994 Smash Project, Shaq Fu. Oh, yeah. The Return. The Return. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Um, look up Newark to CI, which has got to be the worst Shaq song ever. <laughs> Shaq, please don't eat me. And that's eat. really saying something. Please don't eat me, Shaq. But this is like, this is this is uh, from Shaq Fu, The Return, Newark to CI. So y'all can hear the... Uh, the stylings of Shaquille O'Neal. Here we go. Before anyone gets upset. <laughs> and there we are. Funking. F-U-N-K-I-N. <laughs> I am Kazam. Kazam. 
Did you ever play Shaq Fu, the video game? Absolutely. It's oh, terrible. Yeah. I mean, that's enough. Well, right, <laughs> boy. Nope, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, oh, it gets a little PG-13 there. Actually, R. But uh, <laughs> good job, Shaq. And good job, Sean Barney Thomas on yeah. keyboards. Um, I think I'm going to stop the band portion there. I know you've got okay. some stuff that you wanted to add on. So. I do, yeah. It's, with this thing, it's sort of a – the band is also the it's artist. All it's all yeah, It's all so, sample. I mean, we can talk about every sample, I'm, everybody that played on every sample. Yeah. It could be kind of lengthy. But, but I've got I've got some more stuff on on kind of each of these guys. So I'll just kind of run through what I have uh, and, and, and chime in as you feel it necessary. Um, first, I, I do have a question. When you when you think of the name Tupac, when you or when you hear the name Tupac, do you think T U P A C or number, or the number two, two Pac? Probably the number two. Okay, because um, that was like his artist name, yeah. right? When you saw it on album covers, it was number two. Mm-hmm. I think T U P A C. The 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 spelling version of and it. And I do that because I have a a pretty. This is I have a pretty extensive CD and vinyl collection. Yeah, and uh-huh. I alphabetize everything. Gotcha. So yeah. when I think I want to go hear Tupac, I know I'm going to go to the very beginning of my album collection. Yeah. Like when I was talking about Rob, I was like Rob, I got to go get all, all eyes on me upstairs. Yeah. I know right where to go because yeah. it's in the first section under the number two. Right. So because I put my numbers first and then I go A from there. Absolutely. So no I way. always think Tupac with the number two. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, okay, so. He uh, is sort of a an interesting figure in in the mid '90s. There was a whole like East Coast West Coast rivalry thing in the hip hop community, um, and that's par- partially what got him killed. Um, was that he was East Coast, right? He was from he was born in Manhattan. Yeah, uh, you know, he moved to the West Coast in 1988 when he was like 17, 18, and so he then. Sort of traded sides and and, and even says West Coast, yeah, West Coast. He, he becomes West Coast. Um, so like it, it kind of caused well, not kind of, it very much sort of caused some beef with his uh, his old homie, yeah. uh, the Notorious B.I.G. That'd be like Larry Bird yeah. saying, "Go Lakers." Yeah, there you go. That's like the same concept. That's there. It's very in the in the height of Lakers Popular, Celtics. It's like eighty seven, yeah. and Larry Bird's like, "Yeah, purple and gold, baby, let's That's go." That's right. Yeah, it's like what? It's a big deal, right? Um, so, uh, so yeah, that, you know, obviously that comes back around to, to be an issue in his life. Uh, 75 million plus records sold. Goodness gracious. 2002 Hip Hop Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 2017. Uh, he's won numerous, like, fan-voted awards, like Greatest MC, Greatest Rapper of All Time. Like, there's scads of those kinds of awards. Six Grammy nominations. He's number six. Get this. This is some perspective on Tupac, because I feel like um, sometimes we forget, like, he, in other words, he's become a legend but we forget that he was a legend because he was actually important. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, like, he's number 86 on Rolling Stone's Greatest Artists of All Time list. Man. He's one notch behind number 85, Black Sabbath. Holy cow. And two notches behind number 84, James Taylor. Goodness okay, great. so that yeah. list reads James Taylor, Black Sabbath, Tupac. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's sort of his place in the pantheon. Um, the Source magazine named him the fifth greatest rap lyricist of all time. You want to guess the ones above him? Rap lyricist? Rap lyricist, yes. Snoop Dogg? Nope. Okay, I stink at this. <laughs> number four, number four is Jay-Z. Okay. Okay. Number three is Big. All right. Number two, Nas. Okay. Okay. That It would have took me a minute to, to get to Nas. Uh, and number one is Rakim of uh, of uh, Eric B. and Rakim. Eric B. And so, Rakim. Which I'm totally unfamiliar with to the point that when we mentioned him, the first time we mentioned him on the show, I called him Rakim. Rakim. Because I just didn't know who he was. Um, 
So, uh, but yeah, Rakim listed as the number one rap lyricist of all time by the Source magazine. Um, Tupac was inducted into the Library of Congress National Recording Registry in 2010. The song Dear Mama went into the National Recording Registry in Congress. He's only the third rapper to be inducted. That's how it, much of an impact. Uh, the other two are Grandmaster Flash and Public Enemy. Wow. Interesting. Noted for having a wide scope uh, and being able to like sort of speak authentically into various perspectives. He could rap about gang stuff, party stuff, Shakespeare, injustice, yeah. his mom, it yeah. all, and it all felt right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it all fit he into his life. He enunciates very well, <laughs> yeah, right. too. He's a good enunciator. And, and he does so many rhymes. He does so <laughs> many of the rhyming. rhymes that we love. <laughs> But he could do legit. He could do do angry, tough, sweet, poetic, yep. coy, and all of it That's good. was real. You know what yep. I'm saying? He was all of it. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about his jail time only because of its relevance to this particular song. Okay. Otherwise, I would have left it out. I, we try to keep it positive, and I feel like sometimes I, we, I talk too much about people's you know, their falls Faults. from grace, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm trying going to try and do less of that, but this is specifically uh, related to this song. So, um, and this era of Tupac's recording and his relationship with death row records. So Tupac was convicted of sexual assault in 1993, which he denied fully until the end. He said, I was, I was raised by women, only by women around women my whole life. Mm-hmm. And, and it, he said it disappointed him that, um, that he could be accused of taking something from a woman. Yeah. Um, so that was his argument until the, until the day he, day he died, um, denied it. He appealed, uh, but he was sent to prison in 1995 after not being able to raise the $1.4 million bail that would have kept him out. So after serving nine months of his sentence, he was released on bail, which had been paid, as you said, by none other than Death Row Records head honcho, the infamous Suge Knight. Um, Suge, and that's a whole other thing. I didn't even have time to get yeah. into Suge. He's got a whole other set of stories. Um, but uh, Suge posted Tupac's bail in exchange for the agreement that Pac would release three albums on the Death Row label, um, and thus the opening lines of Pac's verse on California Love, out on bail, fresh out, fresh of, jail, out of jail, California, California Dreaming. Dreamin'. Right? So that's the thing that, that made this song happen is he got bailed out by Suge Knight and joined Death Row Records, which had previously already had beef with Bad Boy, which is uh, Diddy's place. Mm-hmm. So, like, it just made it worse. You know sure. what I'm saying? Like, you took our East Coast guy. He's supposed to be family, and now he's on Death Row out on the West Coast. Forget it. Like, this, you know what I'm saying? So, really escalated beef, which is, uh, I, I like that phrase. Beef. As it es- come out, I was like, beef. I'm really going to like the phrase escalated beef. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I need an escalated beef sandwich. That's right. That's going to be Arby's next, uh, next tagline. Yeah, exactly. We have the meat. We, we have, have the, the beef. escalated beef. Escalated beef. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. My notes on Dre. Um, Six Grammy wins, 26 nominations. Goodness the guy's a, The guy's a legend, especially as a producer um, and as a rapper. Not so much as a lyricist, which I found out, mm-hmm. uh, and a little bit more on that in a second. Uh, I've got a name yet that we haven't mentioned, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce another player into this game. I mentioned, Actually, I did mention him at the very beginning, uh, and I'm going to bring him back around. But, um, yeah, he obviously he helped launch the careers of Snoop Dogg and Eminem. Like, he's n- never been just about himself. He's always mm-hmm. sort of brought people alongside um, CEO of Beats and Aftermath Entertainment. This is huge. Uh, in fact, because of the sale of Beats to Which Apple, Rob is wearing today. I am. I'm actually wearing your Beats because I forgot my headphones. Um, because of the sale of... I'm so selfless. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because of the sale of Beats by Dre, uh, as, which was the original title, if you weren't around for that, uh, Apple bought them in 2014. Because of that, Dre has the distinction of having, according to Forbes magazine... The biggest single year payday of any musician in history. Wow. 
because of music and the and, headphone yeah. sales. And yeah, and at that point, his music sales were probably nothing compared to Apple bought Beats for three billion dollars. Goodness gracious! So he's he. I don't think he is a billionaire. He's very close. There are some hip hop billionaires, but uh, I, well, I think there is only one. Jay Z, and he's next. Yeah, and he's next down on that list. But he's very close to being a billionaire from that sale uh, to Beats. Uh, I mean, he lives in Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen's former house now. You know what I'm saying? Not bad for a kid from Compton, right? Yeah. He, he did okay. Um, talk a little bit about his uh, uh, philanthropiness. Um, <laughs> huge philanthropiness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he he gave he gave seventy million dollars to USC to create an arts, tech, and innovation academy, <laughs> and another ten million to Compton High School for performing arts center. Can That's, you imagine? Goodness gracious! Dre just gave us ten million dollars to create a performing arts center. That would be incredible. Um, he is he is credited with creating G Funk. We talked about it. Where rhythm is life, and life is rhythm. Man. Uh, signified by heavy bass with funk influence, female hook vocals and synth melodies either sampled or replayed. Um, so something I didn't know about uh, Dre until researching this song. This is from Wikipedia. Uh, it is acknowledged that most of Dr. Dre's raps are written for him by others, though he retains ultimate control over his lyrics and the themes of, of all his songs. Um, as Aftermath producer Mahogany told Scratch, uh, Scratch Magazine, it's like a classroom in the booth. He'll have three writers in there. They'll bring in something. He'll recite it. Then he'll say, change this line, change this word, like he's grading papers. Uh, as seen in the credits for uh, the tracks he has appeared on, there are often multiple people who contribute to his songs. Although often in hip-hop, many people are officially credited as a writer for a song, even the producer. All this leads me to the name James J. Flex Anderson. Okay. Who is the ghostwriter of Dre's verse on this song. Boom. He wrote the first verse that you hear Dre on. Dre didn't write that. James J. Flex Anderson. That's J F L E X X. Two X's. Okay. Don't, don't, don't not li- one no, X. No. Don't, it's totally different guy. Okay. Right. J Flex with two X's, Anderson. J Flex with one X is me doing my one crunch Absolutely. in the morning. Yes, I do a half a sit up in the morning and a half a sit up at night. That's J Flex <laughs> with the J- one X. <laughs> Uh, so James Anderson worked for Death Row Records in the mid-90s. I say worked loosely. Apparently, the more appropriate term would be he got used and screwed by Death Row Records. Yeah. But, but we'll go with worked. Okay? Yeah. He worked for Death Row. He got worked. Yeah, he got worked by Death Row. Uh, he ghost wrote, uh, a.k.a. wrote the lyrics and got no credit for uh, Dre's lyrics for several of the mid-90s hits. Keep Their Heads Ringing from wow. Friday, Natural Born Killers, and yes, the, 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 the first verse of California Love. My goodness. Uh, he kind of got done wrong by Death Row, but Suge Knight told him he was going to make it right if he would stay around longer uh spoiler alert he did not okay um that's just kind of the guy suge knight seems to be um i don't think i really have anything else on roger troutman um i think you got most of most of what i had on him um i do have just a few other notes uh do you have anything else you want to hit me with before i video i've been talking talk a little bit about the video oh yeah i don't know if you looked up so there's actually two videos for this song the first uh, inspired by Mad Max, yeah. and it's got George Clinton in it, which I think is the best, the coolest. And it's cool, yeah. cool role in that. More than more than inspired by Mad Max. By oh the way. yeah, it's yeah. Go ahead. It was. Well, go ahead. No, you're good. You got it. You take it. Do home. it. Take it on. Home. I've been talking. No, you're good. Okay. It was literally selfless. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally filmed on the set of Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Like that's the actual same stuff for yeah. Mad Max uh-huh. that they were using. Yeah. Um, the second one is a dream Tupac is having. Right. So, um, so you can watch both of them. 
pick whichever one you like. Yeah. And the, the one that's a dream uses the alternate mix. The other track. Yeah. And it's more of a house party vibe. Uh, not house party like kid and play. Not kid and play. But, but more of a party at Dre's party house. Party at a house. Yeah. Um, and so it's more, it's a little more lighthearted. But the Mad Max one, that's just that's cool. cool. Right? That's cool. All time. Uh, that Ma- is gangsta. That is gangsta. The Mad Max version was uh, nominated for MTV's Best Rap Video in 1996, where it lost to, of course, you guessed it, Gangsta's Paradise. 1996 was the year of Coolio. It was, There man. was no denying. Dangerous Minds. Never, yeah, s- dangerous. never saw that movie. Me neither. Michelle Actually, Hunter. I think I did see it, but I just totally forgot about it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's at number nine on MTV's 1999 compilation of greatest videos of all time. I don't know if they did one since, mm-hmm. but in the... Greatest era of music videos, right? The when late videos 90s. mattered. It was, yeah. And uh, you know what's cool though? Videos matter again. Yeah. Because YouTube. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really happy about that because you, because in the last few years, you've started to see an influx of highly produced videos again, right? There for a while, it was like, I'm, I'm not sorry. spending my money on that. Exactly. We don't have money to produce a video. So it was like, okay. How creatively can we do this cheaply? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But now you're starting to see Lyric some, video, uh-huh. something like that. Yeah. But now you're starting to see uh, sort of a new importance of videos again, which I think is cool. And the artist being present in the video making, yeah. which is I like to see too. Absolutely. Um, cool. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm tapped. So whatever you okay. got from here, it's your show. I just got a few, few notes and questions. Uh, my first question is very important. I've been waiting for years to ask you this question. <laughs> What's your favorite version of the West Coast W hand sign? Oh, I cross. Do you go middle fingers together or middle fingers crossed? Crossed. Yeah. I'm always crossed. Me too. Definitely. At, at that, this point in yeah. the in the game, in the game, what I like to call the game, absolutely. Uh, in in the in the California Love video, it was still fingers together. Yeah. Okay. But at some point shortly after here, it became middle fingers crossed uh-huh. for the for the West Coast. Absolutely. And so it just it just feels more natural. It that doesn't way. feel gangsta if you have them together. It doesn't. It, I don't know why, but it's it definitely feels better to ha- to have them crossed. Maybe it's. I the feel tension. like I'm doing an alternative version of Live Long and Prosper yeah. if I have them together. Right. But crossed, it's gangsta. Maybe if there was like a gang for like Volkswagen, you could just do. <laughs> Both. You, do the, you do the live long and prosper that's with one hand awesome. and the West Coast with the other. Have Leonard Nimoy as your spokesman. Yeah, absolutely. With a do-rag. <laughs> with a do-rag, yes. Uh, here's a good note. Baseball notes are always good. Oh, the yes. Oakland A's play this song after every home run in oh, their home stadium. How about that? California Love. That's how about good. that? Um, oh, man, here's something that blew my mind. I did not know this. I know the old heads are going to kill me on this because I didn't know this, but I didn't know. Okay? I'm not actually an OG. Okay? I'm not. <laughs> I was a newer G, okay? I was a I was a secondary. We're a mid G. Yeah, yeah. I was we're not original, okay? We were we were um we kind of paid our way into the game. Uh-huh. We weren't born into it, That's you right. and I. We you had to earn saying? our stripes. No, 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 no. We didn't we we weren't handy with the steel, if you know what I mean. <laughs> if you we know what I mean. We key. had to earn our key. Yeah. Um no. Uh Tupac was in Digital Underground. Yeah. You remember Digital Underground? <laughs> yeah. Like the Humpty dance? Yeah, the uh, Humpty. Do the like Humpty. Tupac, they gave him his break. He started as a dancer and a hype man and a roadie. Uh, <laughs> and then he first appeared on Wax with a verse on the song called Same Song, which is featured in the Dan Aykroyd, John Candy, Demi Moore movie, Nothing But Trouble. Uh-huh. Um and Chevy Chase, I think, was also in that, uh, which also gave Tupac his first acting role. Uh, he played a, like a little bit part, you know, in Nothing But Trouble. He was in Digital Underground. I had no idea. So literally, if you go back now, there I I, I read that he that you could actually see him in the Humpty Dance video. That I don't think that's true. I watched the whole thing. 
I even paused it in a couple spots. When, you know, because if if Tupac was in the Humpty Dance video, that's something everybody needs to know. Yeah. Um. But no. But the, but releases after that, you he's in. He's featured on a verse. They care kind of carry him in on a throne, uh-huh. which people uh you know were like that was sort of like prophetic for his role in hip hop upcoming that they're carrying in Tupac on a throne. Yeah. But um. But yeah. Anyway, I had no idea. Did you? I did you know that Humpty Dumpty had a terrible spring. Oh no! But he had a great fall. Oh wow! <laughs> wow! Wow! So bad, man. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that. That, my friend, was so gangster. <laughs> That's gangster. Wow. That's I mean, uh, just one more note from me, <laughs> and then we're gonna get out of here. Uh, according to Rolling Stone and former Death Row Records sound engineer Rick Clifford, uh, Tupac reportedly read for the role of Mace Windu. Around the time that George Lucas was holding auditions for Star Wars Episode Man, One, that would have been the role. Ultimately, went to Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Sam but Jackson. There's a there's a chance that Tupac could have been. Now, obviously, he got killed, so sure. he would not have made it to shooting. Uh, ironically, yeah, play on words. Yeah, uh, but no, pun not intended. But uh, but he yeah read for the role of Mace Windu. Can you see? I can see it. Tupac is Mace Windu, like that shorter that character. Yes, true. Robe's gonna be a little baggier. Yeah, somehow. Yeah, sure. It's but yeah. But I think that totally could have worked. Yeah. Like he honestly, he might have been better than Samuel L. Jackson. Let's not kid ourselves about Samuel L. Jackson's greatness as Mace Windu. It's cool that he was Mace Windu. Uh-huh. He, it wasn't the best role of his life. You know what I mean? It wasn't the. It wasn't the. Wasn't the Jurassic Park? Hold on to your butts. No, Sam no, Jackson. absolutely not. No. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Mace Windu in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace is kind of trash. Like <laughs> his his it's it's he's like bring him before us then, and he just rolls his eyes and he does this awkward like head shake when they're like it's just I'm not feeling it. Okay. Now later on when he was actually fighting and stuff, it was better. Still never great. I would like to see Tupac hold a lightsaber. Yeah, that's like, what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, the way it's going to be upside down. Yeah, sideways yeah. or something oh, cool. Man, he would have yeah, found a cool way to yeah, hold a his, lightsaber. His, yeah, it's good. Yeah, for sure. So I wish we could have seen that. There's probably, if you go on YouTube and just search it, there's probably a fan-made video of Tupac Holding as Mace light. Windu. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Out there. So you can just go watch it. Let us know. Um, that's all, that's all we got for California stuff. love. We could have gone so long. We didn't even talk about death row, Suge Knight, bad boy, all that stuff. We like stayed out. Try to stay that. in our lane. Yeah. So like, but there's, I mean, endless research that could be done on this. We scratched the surface of sort of the backstory behind Tupac's life and, 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 and Dre and all, you know, all this stuff. So well, we have to send them out with a sampling of it somewhere. You yeah. pick the part. Um, Absolutely. Y'all throw Let's, it up. Throw how about our up. West Coast shout outs? Do it, you man. know what I mean? That's Let's just right. do it. Sacramento, where you at? Where you at? You know? That's right. Um, listen, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those at Great Song Pod. Actually, Facebook is the group Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly. Or you can just go to Facebook.com slash groups slash Great Song Pod. We have a great time on there. Come hang out with us. Let's have some fun online and uh, join join the community. Be a part of what we're oh, doing. Oh, we got here. a treat next week for you. Oh, oh man. We're about to oh, lay it really? down. Yeah. Um, um, Can't so, wait. So make sure you're subscribed. All your- you that just found us because of the Tupac uh, episode, yeah. we've got an original gangster coming with us oh, next man. week to yeah. help out. It's going to be good stuff. It's good Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. So uh, we'll see you again next week with another great song. Until then, I'm Rob. Top JP. Go listen to some music. Throw it up. Throw it up. Throw it up. Throw it up.